Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. It's Monday. It's September 30th. And the word of the day is alexithemia which means the inability to recognize or describe one's own emotions. I learned that recently. Thanks, Tracy Harris. Used in a sentence, you should have more empathy for people with alexithemia because I don't have any empathy of my own and I'm not going to have anything to say when you ask me to express my emo- it turned into is It turned into a me thing. You millennials and your made-up diseases, what can we say? Yeah, I've been telling you forever, Heath, it's easy if you just stick with one emotion. Just find one that suits you, stick with that all the None. time. Sure, Got it. works out. <laughs> I'm No Illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, everyone gets super into peaches? I find out that I learned what prorogue means for nothing. And a very literal explosion of semen. Seriously. <laughs> but first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight are fellow skeptic rats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Gentlemen, I'm glad that everybody finally agrees on whether a hot dog is a sandwich. That's settled. Follow-up question, though. Is a shepherd's pie a pie? Okay, okay, Heath. Tune in for Skeptocrat 200 when Heath opens the show with, have you guys seen this Numa Numa guy? (laughs) The what? Well, to be fair, the pulse of modern culture is one of the least fun places to have one's finger, so I'm with Heath on this. Okay, no answer. (laughs) Cowards, go ahead. In our lead story tonight. Not sure if you guys have heard about this yet, but it looks like uh, Trump might be in some hot water again. Mm. Yeah, it looks like uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has finally drawn a line in the stand, stood up before the nation, and said in no uncertain terms, look, it's okay for you to collude with a foreign power to win an election, enrich yourself through heinous violations of the Emoluments Clause, obstruct justice, threaten witnesses, offer pardons in exchange for perjury, defy congressional subpoenas, look the other way when an American resident is murdered by the Saudis, give security clearances to known security risks, divulge top-secret information to our most antagonistic enemy, openly sympathize with Nazis, rob the U.S. military of funds to pay for a childish campaign promise that even your own party voted against, pay off former mistresses in direct violation of campaign finance law, and kidnap the children of immigrants, but... But now, you've gone too far, sir. That's right. Nobody comes for Uncle Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our uh, our line in the sand looks a lot like an English professor redlined an essay from Eli at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Exactly. So, as is so often true of uh, Trump-related controversies, this one starts with a batshit crazy conspiracy theory that Trump heard about from a very credible Twitter bot. Uh, This one involves Joe Biden's son, Hunter, who was on the board of a Ukrainian gas company once, and that's pretty much the whole goddamn controversy until you spin it through Glenn Beck's chalkboard, whereupon you learn that Joe angled to get a prosecutor in Ukraine fired for investigating his son, despite the fact that Hunter was never actually investigated or accused of any wrongdoing, and 
The investigation in question was dormant, and there was a broad consensus among Western leaders that that prosecutor actually had to go. Yeah, I don't care if it turns out Hunter Biden skeet shot babies for fun. If this gets Trump out of office, full pardon from President Eli. (laughs) But I don't think he did that, though. But it is pretty amazing to watch Trump possibly getting tricked into an impeachable offense by the (laughs) the nonsense propaganda from his own side. Yeah, right. Right. This is like if if Hitler saw a Goebbels poster and then got arrested for murdering all the Komodo dragons to stop the spread of Judaism. It's (laughs) amazing. All right. So during a July phone call with Ukraine's new president, who, in my favorite coincidental rhyme of all time, has earned the nickname back home of Monica Zelensky. (laughs) uh, Fantastic. Yeah, it's great. So Trump urged his uh, Ukrainian counterpart to work with his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, and his personal attorney general, William Barr, to conduct a witch hunt against the Democratic frontrunner. And that's already pretty fucking bad. But of course, he also strongly implied that U.S. military aid was contingent upon his cooperation in this political hit job. Yeah. In fairness, though, I wouldn't call it a quid pro quo. The the military aid thing is more of a a this than a that. It was quid oh, okay. pro quid, I would say. <laughs> I think that's allowed. Yeah, there you go. Uh, now, of course, this conversation leads to the now infamous whistleblower complaint, wherein the single moral that's still somehow kicking around the White House intersects with this information and files a complaint that goes to the department's inspector general. That dude says, holy fuck, and sends it up to the DNI. That's the head of Denny's, for those of you who don't know. The, the no? head of all Denny's, exactly. Yeah. Um, and he, of course, is required by law to then forward it to the House Intelligence Committee, uh, which he does. Eventually, long after he was legally required to have done so. Uh, meanwhile, Schmucka Larange is getting pressured from congressional Republicans to release a transcript of the call to prove that he didn't do the thing they're accusing him of doing. Uh, and because he's too stupid to realize that that would only work if the record of the call didn't show him doing the thing they accused him of doing, he released it. You said to show him the video. <laughs> what do you mean I'm being peed on in the... Of course I want... No, I haven't watched the whole... Why are you crying? (laughs) (laughs) That could be any stream of liquid behind that redacted black rectangle. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. Uh, So perhaps fearing for the life of that hypothetical guy on Fifth Avenue, Nancy Pelosi finally (laughs) announces a formal impeachment inquiry. Thank you. And I know a lot of listeners disagree with me here, but I like her timing on this, right? She waited until she had an egregious, well-documented, and most importantly, easy-to-understand-for-stupid-people violation. Uh, So now, assuming we go to impeachment, the Senate is faced with the choice of removing their own president or endorsing the shit. And those are shit options, right? Both of them. And I'm sure there's some way that Mitch McConnell can merit Garland this shit. But given the way he bristles at the name Moscow Mitch, I have a sneaking suspicion he's not going to want to do that. Yeah. A lot of people seem to think that like a failed impeachment would serve as a victory for Trump, but not if he has to fucking... Bill Belichick his way out of it, right? Even your dumbass uncle is going to be like, I saw that video, y'all. There's pee behind that rectangle. I can see it. <laughs> well, regardless of the final outcome, a bunch of GOP senators would have to go on the record as saying, yes, it is legal, in my opinion, for the president of the United States to get foreign leaders to help meddle in the next election. And... Uh, getting a blowjob in the Oval Office is way worse. 
Like, yeah. what does is even mean? Like, to, to be, that's a tricky verb. <laughs> yeah, no, right, it's not clear. Right, exactly. Um, if they had shown any compunction about being hypocrites in the past, that would be a much stronger thing to make them do. But yeah, it, it, one way or the other, it's good to have that on record. But the most important takeaway here is that it's not too late for us to convince Donald Trump that impeachment means having peaches inserted into your rectum until you explode. Right. Like like in case like real life tall Tyler is listening and has access to Trump's dictionary on a Sharpie. You've got this man. And, and look, <laughs> it, c- come on. Honestly, if he starts going around to other aides in the White House and saying, does impeachment means that they're going to shove peaches up my ass till I explode? At least nine out of 10 of them are going to be like, yeah, of course, that's what it means, man. Well, you didn't know that. You already? could do this. You can right? do this. Yeah. American made Georgia peaches. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, quick before anybody has to visualize that, we're going to take a break for a word from our first sponsor this week Policy Genius. Oh, I don't know, Poopsie. Life insurance sounds scary. Right? Thank you, Mr. Temtem. Uh, m- uh, Mr. President? Oh, hey, Kyle. Why are the puppet pals here? Oh, yeah. No, I was, I was just. <clears throat> uh, 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 <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, I mean, they were just explaining to Mr. President here how important life insurance is. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's scary. Even though it's scary. Exactly. Well, did you... I mean, did the puppet pals tell Mr. President about policy genius? You mean me? I sure don't. Because I'm a policy genius. That's why that's confusing. I, I know you are, sir. See, Policy Genius is the easy way to shop for life insurance online. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price, and once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy, they can also help you find the right home insurance, auto insurance, and disability insurance. Wow, that doesn't sound so scary, does it, Poopsie? Huh? Oh, right, uh... No, it doesn't, Mr. President. Not scary. If you need life insurance, but you just haven't gotten around to it, National Life Insurance Awareness Month is a good time to get started. Go to PolicyGenius.com, get quotes, and apply in minutes. You can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. All right, Poopsie, you've convinced me. I'll get insurance. Now, tell me again why everyone's mad that I'm a bird? No, no, Ukraine. Sir, no, you, I'm a human, Ukraine. this guy. Am I right, Poopsie? I'm a human. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, us. And in Strike 2 news tonight, this week the Senate voted for the second time to kill President Trump's national emergency declaration, which has reprogrammed about 6.1 billion dollars away from things like schools and infrastructure and the military to build a giant wall that nobody wants and won't work. That said, Democrats are hoping that even though the House previously failed to reject a presidential veto of this action in the past, Republican lawmakers may be way more open to it now since, quote, come on, the boat's halfway underwater as it is, the rats gotta live eventually, (laughs) right? right." End quote. Yeah, Senate Bill 5,280. We'd like to officially distance ourselves at least one mile, 5,280 feet from the president right now. That's (laughs) our new thing. 
Amazing how literally the only people in the country that hadn't read the whistleblower complaint were in the Senate, wasn't it? <laughs> it was <not laughs> pretty impressive. Weird. Right. So the two rats who seem most likely to eye the life preservers are Arizona Senator Martha McSally and North Carolina Senator Tom Tillis, who are facing re-election in 2020. Now, the Democrats are running several targeted ads in their jurisdictions based on a strategy of... Do you guys remember last week when a hurricane fucked a tornado and that asshole's response was to draw a dick on a weather map? You need this money. You need it, Jeb. You need it. Yeah. They, yeah, they settled on that one when the networks explained there was no way to just broadcast a mirror for 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great, though, to watch this generation of Republicans dealing with their relationship to Trump like like that garbage in-law when you go out in public with them at Thanksgiving or whatever. Like, they're going to keep getting asked about all those times they sided with Trump back in the day. And it's just going to be years of them mumbling like, I don't know. It's my wife's cousin. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> right. Now, involved. look, obviously, Republican leadership is trying to paint this as anti-Trumpism, which, to be fair, it is. But, like... If Trump suggested turning the nation's water into Kool-Aid, we wouldn't be against it because Trump proposed it. We'd be against it because it was a bad idea. Anyways, either way, we'll all see how this plays out or hell. If that excuse will even hold up when Trump is in jail. We'll never know. We'll never know. That's the answer. <laughs> if he suggested turning our water into Kool-Aid, that would be the best idea he'd ever had in his <laughs> fucking life. That is a 100% true and fair I mean, it's, it depends on the flavor, whether I'd be behind it or not, but definitely his best idea. Lime. <laughs> <laughs> and in Brexit through the gift shop news, the Supreme Court of the UK decided last week that Prime Minister... As of this writing, <laughs> Alexander Boris DeFeffel Johnson is not allowed to just kneel on the ball and run out the clock until a no-deal Brexit happens. And that's very clearly what he was planning to do. He's yeah. not allowed to do that now. Yeah, except the ball was, you know, England's throat. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, see, it, it, when the threat is, I'll hold my breath until I turn blue, that's just stupid. But when it's, I'll hold your breath until you turn blue, it's assault. For yeah. us, so <laughs> learned that the hard way. So, yeah. so here's how Boris DeFeffel was planning to make this all happen. He had Parliament prorogued by the Queen starting on September 9th, and the plan was to extend that until October 14th. We had a genuine Briton, Michael Marshall, aka Marsh, explain this a couple episodes ago. And uh, by the way, if you'd like to keep up on it. From a local expert, you should definitely follow at Mr. M. Marsh on Twitter. Plus, added bonus, you get to watch an extremely intelligent, normally level-headed person slowly devolve into abject madness. <laughs> That's true. It's not even that slow anymore. Yeah. yeah. No. Fair, though. If you go back through his Twitter timeline, you get to watch him get saner. <laughs> yeah. No. It's amazing. It's just like, yeah, so I think we should all clearly focus on the fact that, you know, like... The uh, thing with Northern Ireland and that border is going to get a little crazy. Nigel Farage is a cunt. He's a cunt. <laughs> yep. It just, it's so fast. It's very stark. <laughs> Good for you, Marsh. We're all with you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just in case anyone's not familiar, when Parliament gets prorogued, that means they have to pretend they're in a game of uh, royal freeze tag and they can't do anything. But the prime minister can keep doing stuff. So basically, 
Boris DeFeffel called timeout like he's Zach Morris in Saved by the Bell, and all his political opponents had to stop doing their jobs, but he got to walk around in a legislatively frozen time dimension and continue facilitating the UK's economic collapse for the benefit of hedge funds that are shorting the pound. And if anyone moved, he'd be like, up, 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 you're frozen. And they'd have to be like, sorry, yeah, frozen. This is true. This is is a real rule in our country of grownups. I am frozen. (laughs) Man, you know your plans are fucked when the meager output of British Parliament would be enough to smother them, right? (laughs) Oh, they'll be too quick to action. Not the House of Commons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so according to the UK Supreme Court, the pierogi was technically illegal (laughs) because, quote, it had the effect of frustrating or preventing the ability of Parliament to carry out its constitutional functions without reasonable justification, end quote. So probably asking yourself, what the fuck would be the reasonable justification for being allowed to shut down the entire legislative branch of government during one of the most important political decisions in recent memory for the UK while there's a ticking time bomb? You know, maybe get rid of that freeze tag mechanic altogether is what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Those are great thoughts. Well, it required the genius expertise of the country's highest court to finally ask those questions just now. And they were like, hey, uh, Boris de Feffel, there's a doomsday clock right there on your desk. I, I can see it. I'm going to go ahead and assume you're the bad guy. No doing. The, you can't Joe Rogan the thing or whatever you were doing. Side note, <laughs> I really hope the queen scolds Boris de Feffel by middle naming him like that. <laughs> and then feeds him to her swans. Oh, there we go. <laughs> There we go. He's, he's just—he's in the throne room. She hits a button. He drops into a rancor pit, except for it's just a really big swan. Oh, the first <laughs> swan. <laughs> Voltron swan. Yeah, exactly. They join together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, by the way, here's the excuse we got from Boris Johnson. Apparently, there's something called a Queen's Speech in which the Prime Minister tells everyone his big new plans following a Joe Roganing. And apparently, he can't just say words out loud without this special procedure. He has It has to be this. And apparently, the prep for that speech takes uh, almost exactly the amount of time between when you start the proroging and the end of your doomsday clock. And this is my favorite part. When they do a Queen's speech, the members of Parliament are summoned back to their job by a House of Lords official known as Black Rod. Oh, come and, on, guys. And, <laughs> come on, Angela. You're just you're doing that on purpose. <laughs> Seriously. They got Idris and, Elba this year. It's actually pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and right before all the MPs are about to come inside the building, Black Rod shuts the doors in their face along with the queen. Damn She's coming too. Right. And this symbolizes independence from the monarchy. <laughs> right before something called a queen's speech in which... The literal queen that they have is driven to the event in a golden chariot drawn by horses. <laughs> All perfectly normal. Now, if you'll excuse me, we have to make sure a toddler doesn't accidentally disband the Church of England because they don't have animal crackers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that's actually a risk. Yeah, so bottom line, Parliament is now back in session. 
and uh, hopefully they can accomplish in the next few weeks what they have not been able to accomplish since June of 2016. Now, theoretically, they could still reverse their course on Brexit and possibly form a new government without Boris Tefeffel in charge. Either way, though, he's convinced that this whole thing is a constitutional coup d'etat to prevent the <laughs> constitutional coup d'etat <laughs> yeah. that he was running. Right. Because he called no backsies. We're British. This is serious. No backsies. Well, it's it's his own damn fault for not being on base. Should have been on base, dude. <laughs> And on that note, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, The New Yorker. So then she said that he shared her status without commenting and then deleted it. Oh, what yeah. did he say? Well, he blocks her, right? Uh-huh. So, hey, guys. Okay. Yeah. Hey, hey, what you guys talking about? Oh, hey, hey Noah. Um, now that Eli's off social media... Somebody has to keep us up to date on all the internet drama. So I'm just, you know, dishing the goss, making super, sure we're all Super dishing all the goss. Dishing the goss. Yep. Okay. Okay. But Eli, what are you doing? Oh, I, I, me? I've been reading The New Yorker. Wait, really? Yeah. When they started advertising on the show, I re-upped my subscription and it's been awesome. Okay. Heath, how about you? Well, I have this list of people who tweeted at each other. Does... Does New Yorker have that? No. They probably don't. Uh, they don't. But The New right. Yorker represents the best writing in America today. Beyond publishing the best writers in the world, New Yorker holds people in power accountable through rigorous reporting and compelling storytelling. Like Jill Lepore's piece about her friend and Salman Rushdie's new short story. Plus, I've been really getting into their food reviews for some reason. Like, they did one last week on a Mexican vegan place in the city. It's pretty incredible. Okay, cool. Um, but my uncle posted a meme... Uh, actually, it's it's more of a, a picture with a caption, really. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Good to know. And right now, problem. you can get 12 weeks of The New Yorker for just $6 plus the exclusive tote. Just go to newyorker.com forward slash skeptocrat. Again, listeners save 50% when they enter skeptocrat. Well, that sounds pretty awesome, Eli. I might have to check that out. Can we switch back? No. And we're back. Next up in headlines, Donald Trump damn near threatened to kill a guy, and it just barely made the headlines. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, no, I, like, I was considering what I wanted to do for my second story, and I'm like, well, I already dedicated the lead story to impeachment and stuff. And then I thought, hey, you know, the president of the United States just heavily implied a government employee should be killed for exposing his corruption. Feel like that's newsworthy anyway. Come on. You're, you're being a stickler about presidential murder threats. This is a... <laughs> Little hyphen story with these. <laughs> if death threats were so bad, why would I do them all the time? Um, it's a great question. Yeah, we actually had a whole meeting about that. So, yeah, the, the day after Pelosi announced the formal impeachment investigation, Trump had a closed-door meeting with the U.S. mission to the United Nations. And from what I understand, this is usually a, like, thanks for doing what you do, you're underpaid, but sometimes you get to meet the president kind of thing. But, of course, with Trump, it was a rambling stream-of-consciousness thing about how his crowds were super big and that ultimately devolved into a veiled death threat so here's the quote quote i want to know who's the person that gave the whistleblower who's the person that gave the whistleblower the information because that's close to a spy you know what we used to do in the old days when we were smart right with spies and treason right we used to handle them a little differently than we do now end quote 
Uh, yeah, now we let him become president of the <laughs> yeah, United exactly. States. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I know I've said it before, but what is so wonderful about Trump's presidency is it's truly example after example of that asshole boss we all had, what he would do if he were president. Like, we've all worked yep. for this guy. He just yep. never got to address the U.S. mission to the U.N. <laughs> I was working for this guy when the, when the show started, yeah. And, and, and while I seriously doubt that anybody in the U.S. mission to the United Nations is going to take this as a call for them to go find and kill that guy, I have no doubt that many Trump supporters will, and actually already have. All right, so according to a report over the weekend from the Washington Post, the MAGA crowd has already hopped into the mystery machine to uncover the identity of the person that their president wants dead. Twitter, Reddit, 4chan, and all the other bases for intellectual discourse lit up in the wake of this leaked audio with Trump supporters declaring, quote, time to rise up. Your president has asked for your help, end quote. Though, to be fair, these are Trump supporters, so statistically, they'd have to rise up out of their free government rascals. So the chances are That's low. true. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, 62 million people just, you know, vaguely scanned a Waffle House looking for, I don't know what the fuck they're looking for, yeah. for a guy with a whistle around his neck. And they were like, <laughs> nope. And then they went back to their smothered, smooshed, smithereened hash browns, or whatever the fuck they sell there. Don't you come after their ad for a based menu. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and now let me tell you, I can tell you exactly what they're looking for. The, the quality of their investigation is truly something to behold. For example, one Trump supporter read the line about how the whistleblower is, quote, a non-White House official, end quote, and their takeaway was that the whistleblower wasn't white. <laughs> <laughs> they thought he Adding was a House official. <laughs> yes, yes, a non-White House official. Adding, quote, Trump only has a handful of non-white staff. I wonder who it might be. Yes. <laughs> so the upshot of this is some redneck is going to attack Ben Carson in the streets, but this is still a pretty fucked up story, okay? Oh, ben Carson, Dark City, two tears running down his face, shooting Ben Carson. Oh, God. And in Greg's going to give it to you news tonight. You know... <laughs> We don't get to report on a lot of good news here on The Skeptocrat, but I'm here to tell you, the kids are all right. Okay, they're not all right, like happy or safe, but they're no. awesome, and they proved that last week by taking to the streets in a worldwide climate strike with protesters and marchers numbering in the millions. Yeah, I mean, that's nice to see, but they're not going to be doing that kind of shit when they grow up. You know, because you won't be able to walk outside in that kind of heat. Yeah, that you need a space yeah. Suit, sure. Really, Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, just to review, the good news that Eli just mentioned is that young people are acknowledging the terminal illness that's killing the planet. Yeah. yeah. That The GOP is saying cancer's a Ponzi scheme, but young people are saying... We definitely have cancer. That's the good news about 2019. It, yeah, the best, the good news. Yes, and a singular good yeah. new. Yeah. So it's a good new, I guess. Yeah, good new. Yeah. <laughs> Nationally and abroad, young people stopped school, work, and whatever TikTok is to demand action from their nation's <laughs> leaders in a simple statement. Best put by activists and the only contender for Noah's anger throne, Greta Thunberg, who said, quote, this is an emergency. Our house is on fire. Almost literally adding, 
you lit it on fire, you giant pieces of shit. I hate you. <laughs> oh, her eyes said it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I so feel for this kid because her message is like, please don't destroy Earth. That's where I live. And no one's fucking listening. Look. The three of us, we know Americans. Most of our listeners, they know Americans. We grew up around this shit. We get it. But she's just read about us in books. She cannot possibly grasp why we're so meh on the earth thing. <laughs> yep. And she definitely can't grasp why a, a, a fat guy in a red hat is trying to challenge her to a debate. <laughs> Seriously, that happened. Josh yep. Forstein, fat guy in a red hat, responded to a a child helping fight climate change with a debate challenge. Yes. And I mean, I'm glad her response was, who the fuck are you? I just <laughs> spoke to the UN General Assembly. Or actually, I mean, as she put it, blocked. Silence <laughs> blocked. Yep. Uh, also, we just need to point out, uh, Thunberg delivered a similarly searing and awesome speech to the UN itself, which, if you haven't heard yet, I know it went around social media, you should absolutely check it out. Seriously, there is like a 90% chance if we review the camera footage from that time Noah almost killed a lady in an Irish airport, we'll see like a six-year-old Greta Thunberg sitting there taking notes in a coloring book. <laughs> but my favorite part of this story, right, is the Josh Furstein's. Right? Because the usual right-wing reactions don't work on this child. Right? Like, Frocks and Friends are trying to call these kids far-left terrorists. And they're like, yeah, I'm nine. Could you fix your carbon emissions? And they're like, no. <laughs> and the kids are like, okay, fuck your face. Fuck your face. Fuck your face. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, 2019 is depressing. <laughs> however, however, there was one other good new. So I guess we can count it as two. All right. Great new. Here it is. Great new. We have a story that's amazing, but also kind of makes our jobs temporarily meaningless. Mm -hmm. um, so normally we find a news item and we, we try to present it with some sort of, I don't know, entertaining twist or clever angle, something Speak like for that. yourself. Or if, you know, that's not available, we've, we fall back on the comedic crutch of celebrity voice impressions. So, okay. you know, <laughs> you got me. must be for everybody. You got me. But that's not going to work today. Um, no twists, no angles, no celebrities, because this story is about a literal cum explosion. 400 people tweeted this to Heath this week. <laughs> yeah, this is real. Um, and I feel like all I can do is just read you the facts Here's the literal headline from Newsweek, the real news source. Quote, massive semen explosion after blaze hits bull artificial insemination facility. <laughs> Firefighters forced to dodge projectiles. End quote. And yes, I have already filed a lawsuit against Newsweek for stealing from my Pornhub search history directly. Do not worry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Obviously, that headline raises a lot of questions, but I guess foremost in my mind is, why are they inseminating bulls? <laughs> is that just a fetish? What's the point? All right. So I cannot stress this enough. This is real. It finally happened. And <laughs> I'm basically just going to read the story straight out. So there was a fire at a cattle breeding facility in Australia that led to the explosion of over 100 giant vats of bull semen. <laughs> Around 3 a.m., firefighters got the call that they would need to put out a fire that
that was causing mass explosions of cow cum. They, they woke up to their boss yelling those words at them, <laughs> and they had to go to work and do that. And the boss was explaining how they'd need to watch out for projectiles of literally boiling hot ejaculate from cows <laughs> while they put out the fire. Okay, hot take. You ready for my hot take? Nobody needs that much bull semen. I don't care what rate you are inseminating cows. Your inventory was too large. This was on you. Oh, okay, now to the untrained ear, that's going to sound like Eli condemning people. But to me, it seems like groundwork for the but my client only had 18 giant vats of bull semen excuse that he's going to make Andrew draft later. He can be both. Do both. We need more. There's, the Impossible Burgers are running out. Burger King bought all of them and now... We got to do it. We need cows. So much like other liquids, it turns out that cow semen will rapidly expand when heated and also provide the highest level of slapstick humor. Of, of any fluid. That's, that's of, true. Yeah. Of all the fluids. Yep. Uh, according to the local fire chief, quote, the liquid inside the cylinders was rapidly expanding and the lids of the cryogenic cylinders were just popping off and projectiles were being thrown from the building. So firefighters went into a defensive mode to protect themselves. And Everybody quote. spit. Everyone spit. <laughs> Except for one firefighter who used to do gay porn who was ready for his most difficult mission. <laughs> and um, just to review... There's a dedicated mode for defending <laughs> against projectile semen at this mm -hmm. fire department. Yep. Yep. When it's, you know, being fired at you like napalm, they have a mode for that. Yep. And uh, it does smell like victory. The uh, chief <laughs> also added, I've never had anything to do with artificial insemination before. Suspicious. Weird. Suspicious. Addition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, odd that he would just volunteer that. And by the way, I have never even been there before. <laughs> It was like napalm everywhere. I've never inseminated a bull with my hand right now. What? <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I'm guessing you're all curious about the dollar value of the damage. Well, it turns out that cryogenic vats are worth between $500 and $1,000. But the semen is probably what you're really getting at. And that actually varies in price. It's not clear how they rank it. They must rank it, but it varies. Uh, the cum itself... <laughs> is worth between $5 and $95 per straw. What? Yeah, Um. so pretty big range. Also means that they use straws, yep. the beverage sucking device Weird for this. Measurement. Weird measurement. Yep. Um, bottom line, there is no bottom line. White hot cum explosion. That's yep. the bottom line. <laughs> I just... I... This ain't no $75 straw, bull cum. Give me a fucking break. Oh, you thing. cut it open like cocaine in a crime movie and rub it on your teeth. Yeah, right. Rub it on your fucking gums or something. <laughs> I wonder what? if they're having trouble with the straws. Like, no, sorry. We only have paper straws now. <laughs> oh, God. It's environmental cum theater. And on that note, <laughs> we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions, thanks to Eli Bosnick, and thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets, especially about cum explosions. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Larry, imposing beam 
Christopher, Athelstan, Oliver, Bruni Sende, Jennifer, Klondike, and Sonia with their beautiful dicks and vaginas, of course. And they would like some slam poetry from Carl the Pugapagacorn right now. They requested uh, that. Uh, Larry, imposing beam, Christopher, garlic bread, <laughs> here I stand. America the beautiful, no more. Beautiful. Very beautiful, Carl. Thank you. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people. If you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, and Citation Needed, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. All right. Yell something about a cum explosion. Cum explosion! Cum explosion! <laughs> The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.